You are Locked On Utes, your daily podcast on the Utah Utes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It is Friday. Welcome on into the podcast. Hope you guys are all doing great. Brian, how are you, my friend? Got to get down on Friday, Jake. I'm happy to be here. By the way, like I cost him. Rebecca Black released a revamped or a remixed version of that song. It's a 10-year anniversary of it. Much different than the original, but, you know, nonetheless, yeah, we got to get down on a Friday. A lot to get to on today's show. Utah prevails on the road over the Cal Golden Bears, despite their kind of trying to give it away. We'll examine that on today's show. We'll also talk about some former Utes up on Jay Hill's staff at Weber State. So plenty of hoops and plenty of football for you guys on today's podcast that we'll touch on. Brian, who's bringing us our show today? I'll let you kind of introduce our sponsors here. We're Jake. We're across the board. It is that trifecta of favorites right now. We've got Bet Online, Built Bar, and Rock Auto. So our old standbys. We will get to all three of those. Tell you a little bit more about them later on in the podcast. So without further ado, let's dive on in. This is the Locked On Utes podcast for February twelfth, twenty twenty one. your daily podcast focused on all things Utah Utes. I'm Jay Catch. That is Brian, the brown bear himself. Brian, what is going on? What, uh, I guess it's Friday, so we're going to have some fun on this podcast. There's no doubt about it, but what is going on in your world? (laughs) Nothing. I think that's the worst part about it, right? Like we're here at the weekend and we're all super excited and it's, you know, we're still kind of teetering in a pandemic jake there's not a whole lot of fun stuff you can do right now still okay here's the deal i'm a married man it's valentine's day this weekend and brian for the first time i think literally the first time in my married life we're coming up on let's see year seven i think we're going into for the first time i am actually done with all my valentine's day stuff literally days before the actual holiday gets here normally i'm february 13th scrambling to pull crap together yeah, I was curious how that works out for folks where it's Valentine's is on a Sunday this year, right? Yep, it is. Yeah, see, I don't, I don't even know when it is, man. <laughs> like, this is this is how I live my life, one Valentine's Day at a time. Hey, like one quarter mile at a time. You know, I, okay, that one's not really working out very well, but we're still gonna have fun. I do actually have a Valentine. I got a puppy, so a puppy and I are gonna hang out this weekend. We'll chill. He's a lot of fun, even if he does try to eat me every time he sees me. I don't know if that's a good thing or not. Well, hey, you know, you are the brown bear, so you know. <laughs> You'd think he'd be a little bit more intimidated, but geez. <laughs> Well, nonetheless, a big thank you for joining us on your daily podcast, Focus on All Things Utes. Make sure if you haven't done so already, if this is your first time listening to the podcast, that might have been the weirdest intro you've ever heard to a podcast, <laughs> so please stay with us. We're going to get to the Utah content, but make sure to hit the follow or subscribe button wherever you're listening in from. That way you never miss an episode. All right, Brian, let's get going here, and we'll start off on the hardwoods with the Utah running Utes. They win against Cal, get the payback we talked about on yesterday's podcast via a 76-75 victory over the Golden Bears. But I have to say, the final 60 seconds of that game, uh, mighty concerning in my opinion. Yeah, I think the hardest part about that game is 
we talked in, in the preview a little bit about how we wanted to see Utah play a full 40 minutes of basketball and they didn't. And I, the curiosity I have with this team is, is Cal just a bad matchup for Utah or is there something deeper with this program? Because I shouldn't say program. Is there something deeper with this team right now? Because Ryland Jones was injured. Yes. Ian Martinez steps in, plays really, really well. Uh, Utah has a 10-point lead at halftime, which is just the kiss of death for this team, even though it shouldn't be. And, of course, what happens? Well, they give up seven seven points early on, and Cal closes the lead, and it, it goes back and forth between Cal leading by one and Utah leading by five over six throughout the course of the second half, and Utah never really ever pulls away. And really, it was the the Matt Bradley show, I think, more than anything. And, and I joked on Twitter that Cal looks like the most Oakland team ever created, right? You got three dudes that look like they should be p- playing for the football team. <laughs> they got another dude that looks like he's 45, but he's balling all over everybody. And they got a white dude from Europe that looks like he does not belong there, and he's shooting <laughs> lights out. And sure enough, you know, Antisevich was four of six from three. Uh, you know, like I said, Matt Bradley was chef's kiss Yes, uh, with, with how he played. And and um, you know, they did enough to win this game, but at the same time with 30 seconds left, they were so casual and nonchalant and laissez faire that I really wonder if it was a good thing that they wanted. I mean, it is for the standings and it is for everything sure. that we've talked about in terms of getting in the concert, the conference tournament, but how can you be that aloof at such a critical point? And how are we continuing this trend all the way up to the second half of the season where you can't close at the end of games. Well, let's examine the last 15 seconds. So do we have to, we're (laughs) we're, going to relive it here. I know it it probably makes Utah fans just skin crawl to 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 relive it, but they were leading 76 to 72 with 15 seconds to go. Timmy Allen, who led Utah in this game with 18 points. He had a great game. I thought overall he goes and misses two free throws with 15 seconds left. Matt Bradley then scores a layup on the other end. Utah turns it over on the inbounds, trying to get it inbound. And then Cal got it to Bradley again. He rattles out a three-pointer. Andre Kelly grabs the offensive rebound and gets fouled with .7 seconds remaining, a chance to tie it up at the free throw line. Yeah, and the the foul against Kelly, you could have called it a little bit soft, but regardless, like how are we continually making those mistakes? The foul on Kelly I can live with because that's Ian Martinez, true freshman. Mm -hmm. He's really out there for the first time in crunch time. He's just trying to make a play and box out. And Kelly is 6'8", 250. Mm -hmm. Good freaking luck getting a body on that guy. I mean, there's plenty of space to get a body on it, but it's not going to do anything. You know, it's like a fly flying on my face. I'm just going to swat it away. And but it's the part before that that really gets me, right? Like Timmy Allen just kind of trying to hurry and inbound it and, and throwing it right over Pella Larson's shoulder. And and this is, I, I think, where we saw the injury to Ryland Jones become critical is they really didn't have an elite ball handler that could bring the ball up the court. And, that's, and you would think, yeah. I was just going to say, you would think that Alfonso Plummer maybe would have the kind of handles to do it, but he's not a press breaker. Neither is Ian Martinez. Martinez is really good when he can get the rebound and push and transition, but he's also not a lead guy. Pella Larson, he has good handles. He can bring the ball up the court, but he's not elite at that, not the way that Ryland Jones is. And I think that's where they really missed him. And I wonder if maybe that, as we're talking about it, maybe that's the reason that things were so 
disconnected at the end. Well, I, I think there is an experience factor that played into what happened towards the end of this game, especially on that ends bounds. You're right. Because if you have a guy like Ryland Jones, who's got experience breaking the press, controlling the ball, and like I said, being that primary ball handler, him missing this game, and we don't know the severity of what, of the injury that he suffered. He was unable to participate in this game. It was an injury in practice. But it, it was critical that you find a guy who can handle that situation and be able to get the ball, break the press, get the ball across the timeline, all those different things that go into it. I think that with time, a Pella Larson or an Alfon- oh, Plumber, I, can- I guess I can't do that because he's a he's an upperclassman. But yeah. uh, in the case of Ian Martinez and Pella Larson, they're still young. So I guess we can write that off a little bit to inexperience there. But I also, it's just you look at it and you're like, okay, this is a situation that you as basketball players have practiced for. You've been experienced it probably at the high school level at the bare minimum. This shouldn't have been as big of a debacle in that final few seconds as it was. Well, and Timmy Allen made the same mistake twice with the inbounds, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. That's the part that's just mind-boggling. Timmy's an upperclassman. And, yes. and I think sometimes Timmy gets in his own head that he has to be the hero, mm-hmm. and it bogged down the offense a little bit. And we do need to – this is going to be really critical in the first segment. We'll kind of try and brighten things up in the segment later on, but he just kind of ball stopped a lot and and slowed down the offense at the end of the game. And even Mike Montgomery was critical of it. And hopefully, you know, because he is Larry's, you know, college coach, maybe he gives Larry a call and says, Hey, quit stalling things out like that. Because I did think it took Utah out of rhythm and it took him out of the things that they were doing well. And, when Timmy gets put into that role, I think sometimes where he's trying to do too much, it's it's not where he's most comfortable. Yeah, that's a good point. Player on the court. Well, so, okay, and I want to dive back into this one thing. The one thing that I think that saved Utah, and let's be clear about this, is the fact that Andre Kelly was a 55% free throw shooter. He hits one of two at the line, and Utah survives 76 to 75. And it, it just it's one of those things in this game that you look at, and you said a little bit earlier on, in a way, losing this game may have been another wake-up call for this program, but the fact of the matter is winning it helps them out as they try and continue to push up the standings, trying to bolster their place in terms of the upcoming Pac-12 tournament. So there's both positives and negatives to take away from it, and we'll kind of dig in more to where we think this is going to move forward and where what we expect to see. Obviously, got Stanford coming up this weekend. We'll examine that game a little bit too here in just a moment. So, Brian, I, I want to dig into that, but before we do that, we do need to take a minute and talk about our good friends at betonline.ag. I know you have been very active with BetOnline. I have been very active. And the nice part is the, the whole interface, the whole website, the way that BetOnline runs things, it's super simple to use. It is, and it's very intuitive. You just spend a little bit of time, and you can learn how to make parlays. You can do teasers. You can do whatever it is. We were talking about lines last night and how I thought that that Utah line at minus five looked pretty good, and we both thought that the Oregon line at at minus one versus Arizona State looked pretty good. Well, thankfully, I didn't ever finish my thought process, (laughs) quote-unquote, on that one. Um, because it would have been extremely disappointing to both watch Utah stumble and then watch my my parlay stumble. Yeah, for but, lack of a better term. But I, yeah. it's there's that variety of things that you can you can place wages on. Yeah, wagers. 
It's all available at betonline.ag. Take advantage of it, folks. And by the way, they're still offering a 50% welcome bonus to all of our listeners. So if you want to get off the couch figuratively and get in on the action, do it with betonline.ag. You can go online. You can use your mobile device to sign up now. Use the promo code Locked On while you're there when you make that first deposit and get that 50% welcome bonus. Cannot recommend them enough. They are a fantastic company, and they are taking care of our listeners and hooking them up. So once again, Promo code locked on at betonline.ag. It's all courtesy of Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. I, I'm so overwhelmed that my brain just froze trying to describe, <laughs> trying to find the words to describe the new flavor, the coconut brownie crumble. Uh-huh. It is incredible. And we talk all the time about how it's like eating a candy bar. This 100% is. There's no way that it can be healthy. Oh, wait. But it is. Yeah, that, that's the funny thing about it. You can you, you will look at the like the nutrition facts on that bar in particular and just wonder with amazement how it's as healthy as it is. Best part of all built bars, they are low sugar, low calorie, high fiber, high protein. They are the perfect complement for wherever you're at in your health journey. The best part is in addition yeah, to that new coconut brownie crumble, there are 18 different flavors out there. I guarantee you're going to be able to find at least one if not five flavors that you will enjoy. Take advantage of it. Brian and I absolutely love our Built Bars every single day. I encourage you guys to go to BuiltBar.com, and when all you're there, use the promo code Locked On for 20% off your next order. It's a great way to save some money on the best-tasting protein bars anywhere. So once again, that's promo code Locked On at BuiltBar.com, and get going with our good friends over at Built Bar. All right, Brian, continuing our conversation here about the Utah running Utes and the narrow win they got over Cal. I think the positive news out of all of this is we have seen this program win in different ways this year, and it took some good fortune in this game to win it, speaking of the Cal game, because obviously you have a guy go to the line with a chance to tie it with .7 seconds remaining. You're all of a sudden thinking, okay, are we going to overtime here? How are we going to prevail in the extra period? But then you survive that way. Maybe sometimes, Brian, and correct me if, if you think differently here, it's sometimes it's better to be lucky than good. 100%. And I think there were a few different stats that you could point at maybe or, or happenstances that really indicated that. About three minutes into the second half, Brandon Carlson picked up his third foul, which was only the third or fourth foul that the team had um, up until that point in the game. Do you know how many fouls he finished the game with, Jake? I think it was was it three? Yeah. Yeah. So 13 minutes or, or 17 minutes or however much it was left in the half, he didn't pick up another single foul, but he was still really impactful defensively. Finished the game with five rebound or uh oh wow, he only had one rebound, but uh it three block shots. <laughs> Yeah, well, he was always there and, and tipping the balls around. It, it, I mean, you look at Ian Martinez, he had five rebounds, and, and some of that is just because a lot of the Cal shots were long rebounds from the hoisting that sure. they were doing. But he was very impactful towards the end of the game at the rim, and that was something that we saw where Utah started to make some mistakes. Um, but I think that's one of those things that falls under that's that's pretty lucky that he Brandon Carlson, the type of player that he is, is able to get through that entire second half without another foul call. That was impressive. So it, it's a good win overall. And Utah continues to move up the rankings now. And now they turn their attention to Stanford. And you and I a couple of weeks back when Stanford was coming into play, Utah, 
I, I distinctly remember us recording that podcast as we previewed that game. And they're sitting there thinking, you know what? I don't see how Utah's going to win this game. And then they go out and actually have one of their better overall outings, I felt like, of the season in beating the Cardinal. So turning our attention to Stanford, what are you expecting from them tomorrow night? It's just going to depend on what Stanford team shows up. That's the part that's just so, I guess, astonishing about the Pac-12 maybe this year. And, and yeah. we can talk a little bit about how it's COVID or whatever it is that you want to say. Like Colorado beat Stanford 69-51 and 51 last night. Yep. And that's, I mean, it wasn't close. You know, that's a, it's almost a 20 point blowout right there. And and they did not look really efficient at all. I think by comparison, uh, you know, Oscar De Silva got his 22 points. Other than that, they really didn't have any contributions from anybody else. And so that's the part where I think you really have to see what happens with this Stanford squad. They do look like they are a little nicked up to be honest with you. It's just that kind of year where you're just not going to always have your guys and be ready to roll. Uh, but they've got to get better contributions from Jaden Dallaire and, and from uh, Kasunas and, and Zaire Williams, who's been inconsistent as a true freshman, Correct. Uh, but he's had some really bright moments. And so I think if you can catch that Stanford team or, you know, bring your defense unlike you did against Cal, in the second half, you know, bring that intense on ball man to man defense that you played with effort like you did in the first half against Cal. I think you can get another win against Stanford and pull yourself even higher in, in the conference standings. But the question is, can this team take, you know, we've talked about how Ryland Jones has struggled so much, but it, you felt the loss yeah. against Cal. You know, there were just little things here and there, and I thought Ian Martinez really stepped up and played well. He's got to play a lot against Stanford for Utah to be successful, and it's got to be all plus positive minutes. He can't have freshman mistakes. He's got to stay uh, on top of his his man and, and play good defense, and, and Utah's gotten really good at being able to switch guys. So I think that'll help them a little bit, especially against a team like Stanford where maybe they're a little longer, um, you know, in the front court. Yeah, well, that's that's going to be an interesting thing to, to track because Ian Martinez, I thought he had his best game against Cal. You're going to need him to have another good outing if you do want to beat Stanford, and this will be interesting. It's a late night. It's an 8 o'clock tip on the Pac-12 network for those of you wondering where you can catch the Utes in action, but I'm looking forward to this. I'm with you. Oscar De Silva, he seems like a guy who's going to get his, but in that loss to Colorado, like you mentioned, there wasn't much else in terms of production from Stanford, and yeah, injuries may be playing a part in it. But if Utah, if they if they're smart, maybe they look at what Colorado did in that game and they try and figure out, okay, what can we do to kind of match what Colorado did in this game to shut Stanford down? And maybe it is, yeah, you, you know what you say, Oscar De Silva, you get yours. Everybody else, we're locking you down, and we're going to take our chances and gamble that we're going to win this game that way. And Stanford is not a offensive juggernaut. No. So I think if you play effective defense against them the way that Colorado did and then just execute on offense, which Utah has been able to do, they should be in good shape. The biggest thing that I think we've seen really be resolved by the Utes this year is the turnovers. I think that yep. they've been a lot better and, and it does seem like they've kind of figured that one out, you know, uh, turned the ball over just nine times against Cal uh, to 14 for the bears. And, and so that's something that I think, again, you know, if they can continue that against Stanford, but 
I keep saying if, if, if <laughs> for this team because nothing is really set in stone anymore, right? Yeah, well, the nice part is Utah, as it stands, they're on a three-game win streak. They've won four of their last five, so there's some positive momentum building here. Hopefully it continues uh, tomorrow night against Stanford. We'll be looking forward to that. We'll have a recap of that game on Monday's edition of the podcast. All right, Brian, uh, let's switch gears and talk a little football here in just a moment, and maybe not necessarily the the football you're thinking of because there's a bevy of former Utes up at Weber State, just a little north of Salt Lake City. Jay Hill putting together a nice staff of former Utah players and coaches. We'll get to that here in just a moment, but we do need to take a minute and talk about our good friends at Rock Auto first. Brian, you've had personal experience with Rock Auto. I have as well. The best part about Rock Auto is it's got every part from every manufacturer for every car that you may have owned, may yet own, or may have owned in the past. You're the expert on your vehicle. You know what it is. You know what year it is. You know the mileage. You know everything about it. Why would you go to somebody who is paid hourly to try and do that for you when you can just go to rockauto.com, enter in all the information yourself, get the right part right there, and for the right price as well? Yeah, take advantage of folks. The best part about Rock Auto is it's a family-owned company. They've been serving online auto parts customers for 20 years. They know what they're doing. Prices are always reliably low. Why pay up to twice as much And when you get the prices you're looking for at rockauto.com? And the best part about it all, as we haven't mentioned yet, it's shipped directly to your door. It comes right to you. So take advantage of it. Go to rockauto.com. Make sure while you're there to put the pro, put not the promo code, make sure to put locked on in the how did you hear about us box. That way they know that we sent you to check them out. Once again, that's our good friends at Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low pricing, all of the parts your car, truck, or SUV could ever need that's rockauto.com brian as we close out a friday edition of the podcast let's talk weber state football wait what 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 are we doing on a utah podcast talking weber state football will you explain to our listeners well we might have to start calling weber state former ute players (laughs) north sure that would be a terrible name so let's go ahead and just throw that one off the utah uh, north university Utah North Campus There we go. because they've just hired another former Ute to join the coaching staff along with the other four former Utah players, including Jay Hill. Yeah, so the funny thing about this is Andre Dyson is now moving to join Weber State. It's actually his second tenure uh, coaching at Weber State. He did work for former Utah coach Ron McBride in the early 20 aughts. I believe it was a tw- 2010 to 2012, somewhere in that range, that he coached for Coach McBride up there at, in Ogden. But Jay Hill, he's got a lot of Utah connections on this staff. Jay obviously spent a long period of his career, actually the majority of it, working for Kyle Winningham on the Utah staff. He has Robert Conley now on staff, Gabe Long, Joe Dell, and now Andre Dyson. And I have to say, Brian, I am impressed with the the talent that he's assembling, speaking of Coach Hill, up there at Weber State, because all these guys were accomplished players in their own right. They've become good coaches. And Weber State just continues to kind of roll on with the success they've already kind of built for themselves. 
Yeah, Big Bob Conley is no longer big, and That's he's lost point. a lot of weight. That is actually a very it, good point. <laughs> yeah, with it has come a new role. He's actually coaching the running backs, so he replaces former Ute Quinton Ganther, who moved on to the Jaguars. Uh, Gabe Long, a defensive assistant, one of the more prolific defensive linemen of his era. Uh, I think, if I'm not mistaken, he only played a year at the University of Utah because of some academic issues. I was going to say, I, it wasn't a long run, but he had an impact in the short time he was there. Yep. And Joe Dale, a name that most Utah fans should be familiar with, one of the anchors in the backfield of that 2008 uh, Sugar Bowl championship team, Andre Dyson. If you don't have his resume like memorized <laughs> as a Utah fan, what are you doing? You're, you, you know, you're a Johnny elite? come lately if that's the case. Yeah, elite cornerback in the NFL. I believe he was a starter for eight or nine years. He was the head coach at Clearfield High School. I was told uh, that this was not exactly anything that was super secret until the school announced it, that he was very excited about moving on to Weber state and, and joining the staff under Jay and Jay has really cultivated a great environment up there. Brent Myers, who once coached at the university of Utah is his offensive line coach. Uh, Grant Duff, who was an assistant at Utah went with Jay to Weber state and they've just continued to build. We've talked about how they're a four to one uh, they're, the odds of them winning the the FCS championship are four to one. Um, it is a credit to what Kyle Whittingham has done and and the influence that he's had on his players that so many of them want to coach and are coaching at a high level. Yeah, that, that's a very good point. And the funny thing is Jay's actually a beneficiary of what Kyle has done. You're right. He's able to kind of look at these guys and say, okay, yeah, you guys are coached at a high level. Now you guys are in turn coaching young men and making an impact for them. And it's a benefit to my program that I'm leading up here in Ogden. So I, I guess for both of us, I'm going to say congratulations to Andre Dyson. It's good to see him back in the college game. I think he'll be a fantastic addition to that staff. And, I, I'm not afraid to say it. I'm rooting for Weber State. I root for Weber. I root for Southern Utah. Dixie State now moving up to the FCS ranks this spring as well, Brian. I think you and I both, we're going to be rooting for all of these FCS programs in this upcoming spring season. 100%. There's not anything else going on. So I will be great, great, great cheering for Weber State from here on out. The Utah ties aside. I love football, and I love watching football in the spring, especially when there's not a whole lot to keep my interest other than maybe some basketball here or there. And, <laughs> you know, I I'm going into new territory this year, Jake, I am a lifelong San Diego Padres fan. So I don't know what it's like to have a team that might be good. Well, I at least not since 1998. Well, here, here's the thing. Uh, I'm a Seattle Mariners fan. So you're actually going to have a fun like spring and summer with what appears to be one of the powerhouses down there in San Diego at the Padres. Meanwhile, the woe-be-gone Seattle Mariners are in for another year of 100 losses. So good times in the baseball world for me. So I am more than happy to accept FCS spring football as my main attraction during the spring months upcoming. All right, Brian. Well, let's put this podcast to bed, wrap up the week. You got anything else you want to pass along to our listeners before we go? Nothing for me. Enjoy your weekend. Make sure your sweetie gets spoiled properly. Yes, I would encourage every one of you out there listening to me who has a significant other, uh, take care of them. 
get it handled. Like I said in the open, this is the first year, the actually the first time ever that I have actually had things taken care of ahead of time. But take care of those around you. I hope you guys all have a great weekend. Make sure to follow the show on social media, by the way. Give us some support. Give us some love. Wink, wink. We can we can use that term here. Follow us at Locked On Utes on Twitter. Follow Brian at Brown Bear SLC or myself at Jacob C Hatch. Love hearing from you guys. You also can reach out via email. Locked On Utes at gmail.com is the email address. For Brian, I'm Jake. Have a great weekend, and we will talk to you guys on a Monday President's Day edition of the podcast. Until then, this has been the Locked On Utes podcast for February 12th, 2021, and we will talk to you guys soon.